Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, are the beat writers, Patrick Lyons and Michaela Perkins. And on this episode, we got to recap a very quality win for the Colorado Rockies on the road. How about that? Their third road win of the season in game one. Uh, we'll preview uh, the rest of the series a little bit, but we do need to start with the big news of the day. Your dude and mine, everyone's dude. Who, who Actually, whose dude d- team did he actually end up on? I can't remember now. Whatever. Kyle Freeland, back in the bigs, making his season debut after beginning the year on the IL, facing off against another pitcher who I guess there might be some kerfuffle about whether or not he's on his way back to the IL. How are we feeling? It's an exciting game tonight. You know, I, I saw a lot of people in our Discord talking about the game and it, it, you know, it wasn't quite a playoff atmosphere. Again, we know that's going to be hard to come by, but it is New York. You know, it was a game uh, that was, that was great by, by well pitched by Austin Gomber. And we'll get into that. And, you know, ultimately that's probably the biggest question for Mets fans right now. Who the hell is Austin Gomber? Heard a lot of that last night, but uh-huh. it, it okay. with, with, with the, uh, with the steam that the Rockies picked up last night and they picked it up over the weekend too. Now with their fourth trade victory, yeah, there's a lot of juice going into this game tonight. More people focused on Jacob DeGrom than anything, but Kyle Freeland coming back. Uh, and frankly, I, I wasn't convinced that he was going to be back any earlier than maybe late August, September. Seeing him hold that left arm there back in spring training in March, it just seemed like, oh, no, this these this is never good. These are never a couple-month turnaround uh, type situation. To see him back on the mound in New York, he's got to be loving that. Yeah, I'm really excited for K-Free. Um, he's not only a really great pitcher, but a great person. So it's great just to have him back on the roster. I know he provides a lot of levity in the in the locker room, uh, the clubhouse. So having him back is super important for the team. Um, he looked really great in spring tra- or not spring training, in the rehab games that he was at. Um, you know, he only pitched two games for the isotopes, but he put up a 1.80 ERA and he pitched four innings in this first and then in his second and he just looks really like he looks solid so I think he's going to provide a much needed boost to this team you know they they've been struggling on the road like Drew mentioned at the first part of this podcast they've only won three games so far on the road so I think it's a it's a great time for him to debut and I think he's going to just be that like little energizer that this team needs to kind of revive some of the um some of the the ways that they've been kind of stuck in they seem to be like a little bit in a little bit of a rut a road rut so um it's really great that k3 is going to come back and hopefully do what he did and um show us that he's uh back to his old ways yeah it's kind of funny because it, you're right michael it's a huge addition to the team in a lot of different ways there is an irony into the fact that it's to the part of the team that's been performing the best that already was doing well that Oddly enough, leaves probably Chichi Gonzalez as an odd man out, despite the fact that he's been pitching incredibly well this season. And so it's not so much that like, oh, man, the starting pitching really needs the addition of Kyle Freeland so much as it is the Colorado Rockies baseball club really needs the addition 
of Kyle Freeland, of this guy who is their guy, who is your guy. He really, I, I, I'm joking earlier, he's everyone's dude out there. And so uh, it's the only thing that makes this not quite perfect is that it's happening in New York uh, and not in Denver, just because he's obviously from here. I don't know if you guys heard. Um, but against DeGrom, who's also returning all the added juice in the game, all the, the energy that's going to be there in the crowd. And we know Freeland feeds on these moments. He made his major league debut at home against the Dodgers on opening day. He went into Chicago and beat the winningest pitcher in MLB postseason history in John Lester. So I'm very interested to see what kind of Kyle Freeland we get, if he's really amped up, if he's just the right amount of amped up, because that energy, as much as anything else that he does on the mound, could be, I think, what this team desperately needs to finally, if not win a road series, not lose a road series. Yeah, I think fans will be be happy for when he comes back to Coors Field. It might not be until June 5th, um, coming up in that Oakland series, because he might make a start this weekend in Pittsburgh. But I like the the fact that you know Rockies fans maybe have to wait a little bit in anticipation. And they don't get Freeland back just yet. And again, there is this national story now where, again, hey, DeGrom's there and people are keeping an eye on Freeland. Whereas, you know, maybe if it was at home, even if it was against these Mets, you know, it, it's a story to us in Colorado and maybe not to others when it should be a story to to those outside of our market. And I think I think it is now and I think people will be paying attention. And especially after what Austin Gomber did last night, a lefty starter on the mound, kind of surprising people. Maybe Kyle Freeland says, all right, you know what, this seems to be working out pretty well. For Herman Marquez and Antonio Senzatella, if you were around watching the, the post-game show on Sunday, for that three-game sweep of the D-backs by the Rocks, we talked about how those two guys play off each other. Anything you can do, I can do better. Well, now it's now it's going to be Gomber and Kyle Freeland. And yes. so yes. Gomber was pretty darn good. Let's see if Kyle Freeland can be that much better. Imagine if he is. That is going to be so great for this team because, I mean, pitching wins ball games, right? And – they need to win some more ball games. <laughs> so, I mean, if, you know, if you can add Kyle Freeland into the mix, your one through five is, I mean, it looks, it's looking amazing already. Like Drew said, Chi-Chi's done as well as you can ask for, for someone who wasn't even going to start this season on the roster as a starting pitcher. So, you know, if they can get Kyle Freeland and get the like Kyle Freeland of like, you know, 2018, 2018. Yeah, yeah. Um, imagine what that's going to do for this team, because yeah. I mean, the, the rotation is already pretty solid. So then you add, you know, left hand, a lefty also too, by the way, which I think is a big piece here because, yeah. um, right now Gombi's the only one. Um, I mean, I think that's just going to provide so much to this team and I don't think we know the full effects of it quite yet, just because, you know, obviously this is his first game back, but if he can get back to what he was in 2018, I mean, wow, the Rockies, I mean, I think you have a uh, you have to start looking at a bunch of different scenarios at that in that in that case because you have a one through five rotation that's like really really solid. So um, it's exciting. This is an exciting time for Rockies fans. Believe it or not, believe it or not, it actually is. It'll also be interesting to see how Chichi Gonzalez plays out of the bullpen. I think that'll be one of the biggest pieces of this as well because that's that's where actually the Rockies could start to make things a little bit interesting and go on a run somehow if they could stabilize because. We've yeah, seen it. The starting pitching has been great. It's just, yeah, you just, <laughs> you, there's not much you can do with that. But I also wanted to point out, Will, you're, you were one step ahead of me. The possibility the Rockies win this game one nothing, and Kyle Freeland has a great outing, if for no other reason 
than because Jacob deGrom never gets any run support. And that's just how Jacob deGrom games go. <laughs> so there's, you've got that part of it uh, playing for you as well. So just go out there, do your thing, uh, throw the ball over the plate, uh, you hit your spots, and we could be in for a really fun ball game. We're going to see the Rockies strike out a lot tonight. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody does. Everybody does. But uh, you hope Free's got some nice stuff. Could it turn into one of those no one scored yet going into the seventh inning games? Could be fun. Yeah, DeGrom in his uh, six games that he started the season, one of which was against the Rockies, who, you know, put up a fight against him. That's another element to this, too, is the, the Rockies have seen DeGrom already uh, once and, um, you know, in, in Colorado. And, and that's that's an advantage to the Rockies hitters. It's not a lot of advantage because the pitcher is still Jacob DeGrom. Um, but, you know, he's got 65 strikeouts in his six games. And he's, he's the first pitcher to ever do that, to have 65 in six games and also keep his ERA um, that far below one. It's at 0.68. Goodness That's gracious. his ERA. So he's he's doing some otherworldly things. And again, I think that helps Freeland. I think that helps. They're on a they're on a four game win streak. And I don't think Freeland, you know, he's the first one back and immediately he has this this fun type of pressure on him to say, hey, we all did our job for the most part, right? We won yeah. our last four games. How about you, bud? Let's see if you can keep it going. <clears throat> totally. Um so let us, by the way, then move to that. We're, we're going to get back to tonight's game a little bit later, actually. So we'll have more time to talk about Freeland and DeGrom a, a little more in depth when we look at the DraftKings odds a little bit later on. We're going to win you some um, money. There's no doubt about it. We're going to win yeah, you some money tonight. There's, there's some money to be had. First, though, let us toast to the man, the myth, the legend. Eh, he's not quite there, but he's certainly the man, the pitcher who did an extraordinary job last night, Austin Gomber. I toast my Breck brew to you on this day. Got Breck Celsius waiting as well. Got a 15-can sample or both. I find that's a really good way to go. That way you don't have to anticipate what mood you're going to be in, what flavor you're going to need. And you've got a whole range of flavors covered from like the berry, mountain berry, and, and black cherry stuff and your Celsius all the way to your Hot Peak IPA and your Vanilla Porter. Like, that's a range of flavors that Breckenridge is providing you. Uh, so make sure you get hooked up with all that stuff at your local King Supers or your liquor store. And remember, you do get a bigger beer down at the DNVR bar when you become a member of the family, which you should do. You get access to all that written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks, a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. And you get a free shirt from our friends right there over at the DMVR locker, our friend Eric Weedham. You can get your Kyle Freeland homegrown. Time to get back on. They're still in stock. Uh, we'll get you free one of those, and we'll get you free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, wellness.com. Check them out. Tons of positive reviews. We'll get you a free 10 milligram stick of CBD. Then after that, use promo code DNVR30. You'll get 30% off. There, but do become a member of the family today. All kinds of fun stuff. As Patrick said, talking in the Discord channel today. These are the kinds of days when it's great to be a member of the family. You don't have to wait for the show at four o'clock or for whenever the podcast comes out or for whenever we get around to writing the, the article or whatever. You can jump in the Discord talking about it all day. Who's doing what and who's doing what is your dude, Michaela? Austin Gomber had the chance for the complete game. Couldn't go the distance. Uh, I like that Buddy sent him back out there. But uh, what a performance. Unreal. His best performance this season to date, no questions asked. He looked explosive on the mound. I think this was the first game where I saw Austin really attacking and, like, attacking the strike zone. 
and you know his four pitch mix was incredible and like that off speed stuff and his change of, uh, of pace and the use of the changeup I think just sold that performance he looked so good out there I mean obviously the line kind of speaks for itself four hits two earned runs eight strikeouts he just looked so good and he looks so confident and that's really what you want to see from someone like Austin who um, is new to the team you know, uh, just kind of getting integrated with this roster, but he looked so good out there. I mean, like I said, it was really the first time that I think I saw him have that confidence. It looked like on the mound and, you know, the way that he was attacking that strike zone, his four pitch mix was just lights out the use of the changeup and like the off speed stuff really, I mean, he kept batters guessing all night long, you know, they didn't know what was coming next. And I think that really worked to his advantage, but, you know, I think, you know, Austin has been playing this season, not necessarily with like a chip on his shoulder, but with something to prove, right? You were traded, you were the main piece in a trade for the best third baseman in baseball. So you feel like you need to prove not only to yourself, but to the fans of this organization that you just joined that the trade was not a wash, um, which we all kind of had a feeling it was to begin with. So he already came in at a disadvantage when he joined this team. And, you know, I think there's like a certain weight on his shoulders. And he even said it last night in his post-game press conference. You know, he's kind of at this point in the season where you know, he could either prove everyone, all the doubters, right. Where, you know, he just turns out to be kind of like an okay pitcher that, um, you know, doesn't really last long in, in the major league baseball world, or he can be someone that really makes a difference and really impacts his team. And I think obviously that's what we all want to see. Um, but for him too, I think that performance, you know, kind of showed the latter where he, he can be that lights out pitcher, you know, that potential future ace one day. And it was so cool to watch. I love watching that kid pitch. I think he's so talented. Um, and finally getting that performance out of him where he just looked so comfortable up there on the mound was really cool to see. And I think he also, you know, has to prove that he's a starter, which I, I think yeah. he, he has proven that, but, you know, he was using the bullpen uh, for the shortened season last year by the Cardinals. So there's even that element going on for him. And, and of course, you know, when you have a, a wicked hammer, like he does, where do you want to, you know, where do you, where are you forced to pitch Colorado? You're like, really, man, are the odds stacked against me right now? Um, but yeah, no, he's he's been fantastic, and uh, you know, I I did get texts uh, at the beginning of the game like, "Who's Austin Gomber?" And uh, well, all right, he was kind of the major league piece of the Nolan deal, and and now there's there's a lot of people on the East Coast that are kind of fans of Degomb, Austin Degomb, because yeah, he was fantastic. Went into the ninth, um, you know, only gave up really those the 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 homer to to McCann late, which I think was in the seventh. Uh, pinch hit against uh, pinch hit homer against Brandon Drury, and because of that, fun little fact is he was the first Rockies uh, starter to work into the ninth, despite allowing multiple homers since Aaron Cook in 2005, which coincidentally no was kidding. also against the Mets, and coincidentally was Mike Piazza's final game as a New York Met player on huh. October 2nd, 2005. So again, it, doing some things that you don't frequently see from from Rockies starters there. So. Um, I think it's just just fantastic for for him to build on, which he, he continues yeah. to do this season. And again, it throws the gauntlet down to the rest of the, the starting rotation to say, hey, you know, this isn't just a, the John Gray show. Or oh, Herman Marquez is the best pitcher. He doesn't look like it. So here's here's my uh, entry into the fray there as far as the best starter. And so I, I love how these guys keep going back and forth like the way they've been so far for the past two months. Yeah. And another thing too, I wanted to point out was the fact that he didn't walk a single batter, not yes. one. He had yeah. zero walks that night, which is incredible for the Rockies because I fondly call them the Colorado walkies 
Yeah. So <laughs> to see, you know, no one get on base from a walk was really cool too. Um, and I think that's something that he should also be proud of because he also was one of those pitchers that was issuing quite a few walks early on in the season. So he seemed to, I don't, I don't know what was working for him last. Well, I do know it was working for him last night, but you know, it was just, I was cool going to say, you said it all earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the four pitch mix um, and the attacking the zone. It was great and all to see no one yeah. get on base because of, of, of a walk basically. No free and passes. Yeah. You know, the first pitcher, this, I think the first Rockies pitcher did not issue a walk so far in a game. Um, Certainly yeah. to go that far. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to say there, there are probably some shorter outings, but yeah, you said earlier, you know, his best start of the season, it's right up there with the Rockies best starts of the season. You look at the line at the end, he did give up the two runs. And so you've got, you know, Sensatella went seven or eight shutout innings, I think at one point. So you go, okay, but but I'm with you here because the thing that was great about this, he, he did it on the road, as we've talked about in the Rockies issues there. Um, he was remarkably efficient uh, in terms of his pitch count was, you know, at like 67 in the seventh inning, going yeah. into the seventh inning, something like that. Uh, not walking guys, still getting a season high in strikeouts while being efficient. And the home run to James McCann was a good pitch. I mean, that was a slider down at his back foot that I think dude just was guessing slider. Uh, you, you have to tip your cap in that spot. Um, got a little bit more of the plate than you want. You, you probably want to bury that at the back foot a little bit, but that's a good pitch. Yeah. It, it wasn't like he he hung one over the middle of the plate or, or put a fastball right down the middle. James McCann's a good power hitter. You tip your cap on that. He did start to lose it there in the ninth. And so I think on both instances, buddy made the right call. Cause I was like, look, do we need to get the bullpen involved in this? Is that, is that really what we need to do today? Um, Look what so happens sending, when they don't get involved. They win a game. <laughs> um, you know, I, I liked him sending him back out there for the ninth and I wasn't Love sure that. he would. Um, and gave him the opportunity, but then he, you know, uh, he, he just clearly didn't have the same bite on the stuff. Uh, gives up the home run and the base hit and you go, okay, you had your chance. Uh, Maybe, maybe you'll get another one, but let's go ahead. We also got to find out something about our bullpen. And they maybe found out a little bit of something about the returning Carlos Estevez. He was fantastic. He, you know, is, is trying to stake his claim in, in the closers role a little bit. And I'm fine right now. We talked about it again in the post game on Sunday. It's kind of yeah. this idea of like, you know, Keep Bardo in, in, in the ninth, whatever. It's, it's kind of safe. Uh, yeah, again, I know you want to win those games if they're winnable. Um, but at the same time, you know, protecting some of those younger guys. Estevez is the one guy that you can you can look to and say, look, he's already done this before. Uh, you're not going to ruin him if, if, if things go sideways. And, you know, they still have a lot to gain, right? They, they have even more to gain with Estevez as the closer and dangling him as a potential trade chip. Then a Daniel Bard, who again still is under control uh, for next season, twenty-two. Uh, so is Carlos Estevez. They're both, you know, free agents. As crazy as it seems that Estevez yeah, right. becomes a free agent at like twenty-nine, thirty, whereas Bard becomes a free agent at thirty-six years old, 37. thirty-seven. <laughs> right? You know. So again, yeah. teams are going to be a lot more interested in a Carlos Estevez as a trade chip if the Rockies go. Hey, you know what? He's not going to be around much longer anyway. We don't necessarily, you know, feel the need to extend him because. You know, even if you if you sign a guy that's homegrown uh, from your bullpen, you know it's it's not going to be at a terribly discounted rate. So uh, they've got the money to do that. But you know what? Again, if they're just thinking, look, we, let's try to get this rebuild on track, uh, whether or not they use that or not, they they still need to you know improve 
the overall position of of the franchise and your organization and their depth with some of these younger players. So Estevez could, you know, provide them that opportunity if they decide to make a switch or they just kind of, you know, mix and match and say, you know what, it's going to be Estevez one day. It's going to be Bard the next. It's all good. You know, again, they can play off of each other and it doesn't become all on Daniel Bard's shoulders as it's been for, you know, the last year, essentially. Yeah, I mean, Estevez did pretty much exactly what you needed a closer to do. He came in and he had to face the top of the lineup. That's a tough spot to be put in, you know, especially with the game on the line. And um, it was only his second game back from coming back from the injured list. So, you know, there was a lot of factors that were seemingly working against him when he came into that ball game. And he did exactly what the Rockies needed him to do. And that's like a huge a confidence booster for, for a reliever. You know, you, when you're put in those high leverage situations, if you can deliver on that, that's like a building block for every performance in the future. So I hope he feels good about it because that was so great to watch. You know, I, I really didn't pin him coming into the season as someone who could be put in those types of situations and do what he did last night. I was just kind of like banking on Bard, maybe even Oberg to be that guy. So, you know, to see him do that was really cool. And, you know, he, if he can be another bright spot in the bullpen, the Rockies need one. So <laughs> you mean a bright spot, be, be the bright spot in the bullpen. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's really great to watch, especially because I, I mean, I'll admit it. I kind of discounted him at the beginning of the season. I was like, if, you know, if there's going to be a battle for the closer position, it's going to be between Bart and Oberg before Oberg got her, obviously. Um, so it's, it was awesome to see for him. And um, you just want to see more of that type of stuff, especially in high leverage situations like that, because it also builds confidence in us too. You know, when, when they, they give him the call and he's coming running out of the bullpen, we're not going to be like, oh, no, it's going to be more like, OK, we can trust this guy to get the job done. It doesn't matter if he's facing the top of the order or the bottom of the order. Like he's still going to be able to go in there and get the out and save situations. So it was really cool to watch. With the volatility of the, of bullpens in general, to hear someone's warming up in the bullpen, bullpen you're, you tense up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Then here's the step as you go, OK, it could be worse. It could, could be worse. Yeah. 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 I hope we can continue it because, again, these these – relievers they there's so many ebbs and flows right uh but right now stev is he's flowing man he's, he's looking good in his, his two outings yeah he's been one of the those few guys that when he's healthy you know he, he can actually dominate out of the rockies bullpen and that was the other thing that was different about it he didn't just come in and you know get a couple of rollovers or you know a line out here or there he was guys couldn't touch him like he just came in and was throwing absolute gas and so when he's on he has closer type of stuff it's just he's he's had those times, especially when he's dealing with injuries, he's trying to fight through where he just starts leaving stuff right over the plate. The 99-mile-an-hour fastball becomes 96 with no movement right in the middle. That's very hittable for major league guys. But, uh, yeah, whether uh, he, he – it's it's similar with, you know, Bard and, and Givens. Then Estevez, though, has got kind of that John Gray thing about him where you're like, oh, one of the very few guys who's actually figured out Coors Field a little bit. So whether you're dangling him or you want to make him – a part of your future because he is young enough. You just got to see him healthy and you just got to see him out there. And so I agree. I, I'd go back and forth at this point between Bard and Estevez and in terms of closing opportunities, whether you plan to trade both of them or, or neither of them or not, but you should trade Bard if he turns it around. Um, really trade Bard if he turns it around. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like Joe, I, we, we just sort of got into that one before we move on from game one. We also had, Early in the set, the offense to talk about early in the game, I should say, Ryan McMahon and Elias Diaz getting the big home runs to put the Rockies on top. And then Garrett Hampson with a triple. And it was basically those three extra base hits 
that were the game winners for the Rockies in that one in the, in the three to two win. But McMahon, we, we've talked about his streakiness and he had been on a little bit of a cold one there for a while. And then the last couple of games, a couple of big long homers that made the cargo comps. I'm calling it right now. Big, big road trip for Ryan McMahon. It's been very good. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he does against uh, some lesser pitching uh, in Pittsburgh against those pirates. He's, you know, he's had that hot start, cooled down and has leveled off. And you just, again, almost is quietly now amongst the league leaders in, in, in home runs. And, right. and again, other teams are noticing that and, and are pitching them him carefully, you know, cause there's yep. not a, too much lineup protection and, uh, again, you know, Fuentes and, and Daza hitting behind him at, at various moments or even Crone. Uh, at times you go, you, you take your chances. You don't, you don't want Ryan McMahon to beat you. He's become that guy for right. the Rockies right now because, you know, if Story and, and or Blackman are getting on base, it's, it's going to be up to, to McMahon to kind of drive them home, right. Or, or, or to get the bottom half of the lineup started and, and by, by getting on base. And so, you know, McMahon's been, been that guy, you know, we were talking in the press box over the weekend, like who's going to represent the Rockies uh, in the all-star game. And, and while we still have a, a long ways to go, you know, Ryan McMahon has probably put himself out there to be that guy. Um, you know, don't put it past, you know, Charlie Blackman, cause he's, he's a name. Trevor story is a name and that comes with, you know, a built-in set of votes to a degree. Right. But um, they've been very quiet for the most part. And so I think right now you, you got to like the idea of, of Ryan McMahon being the next guy of, of power hitting, you know, infielders in this organization. It's it's great to to see him do what what he he's been able to do this year and do it last night. And, and to think, man, can he do it off Jacob Degrom today? That that's the excitement is to see again. Is it another notch in the belt for some of these young guys, and particularly McMahon uh, with with his home runs now uh, already up to twelve here in the not even at the the third uh, third way pull of the season. I think that's what the season was going to be set up to be, though, right? I mean, right. start off the season with losing one of the most notorious players that have ever been a part of your organization, but also happen to, you know, kind of naturally through his talent, have all the attention focused on him and his performance, which, like, of course, that's going to happen when you have someone of Nolan's caliber on your roster. But now that that attention has kind of traveled with him to another team, you're going to have these, you know, kids that are coming up that are really talented in their own ways that are going to have opportunities to prove themselves. And with, you know, all the intention in the world to put on someone else, you know, you're finally going to be able to focus on some of these other kids that you maybe not, maybe wouldn't have focused on in the past because of you, you know, you, you have someone, like I said, Nolan on your team, that's naturally where all the attention is going to go to. So I feel like that's what the season, this season was kind of intended for was like more of a, just go out there and show what you can do and have fun while you're doing it type of season. And so to watch, you know, Rymac deliver on that type of stuff is really cool to see just because I don't think if Nolan would still be on this team, we would be talking about that right now, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I, th I think that's definitely true for some of the guys. You know, it, it's always hard to go back and say, you know, how exactly would things be playing out um, if Nolan was still here? Uh, there, especially when it comes to the clubhouse dynamics, which were a very interesting, uh, weird thing going on, uh, especially in 2020. But you know, you never know what it takes for certain guys to bloom, and it's it's one of the reasons why I always chuckle so hard when I'm arguing for the electronic strike zone, and somebody says to me, "Drew, I just 
I love the human element of the game. And I go, baseball doesn't have enough of the human. This is the human element of the game. This is the thing we can't measure. Um, there's a line I don't uh, especially love. I can't remember. This might have been Dusty Baker recently saying one thing that sabermetrics don't tell you is how to get better. I think that's a slight oversimplification. I think you can use sabermetrics to help tell you how to get better. But I do think there's something in the, you know, we live in this age where we look at the guy's numbers and we really feel like we understand exactly who a player is. And we forget that that's the human element. Guys change, guys grow. And is it because they're given more of an opportunity? Is it because there's less pressure to win because the team isn't good or because the superstar player isn't yelling at you when you're doing bad? Or is there, you know, there's a, there, there's a million different things that go into why some guys bloom and why some guys shrink and when it happens and when it doesn't. And I find that to be incredibly fascinating. And it's something that I don't think anybody, there's no, there, there's no one metric for, there's no, answer to that question so i don't know you know it'll, it'll be something we can ask ourselves forever what what might have ryan mcmahon been in, in a especially with a team that say had both dj and nolan on it if you keep both of those players who is ryan mcmahon ever allowed to become very interesting questions <laughs> the the comments here <laughs> ask going off about joshua that's right that's right. I, we probably dropped a few Joshes, or we, I, we brought up Joshua Fuentes. Joshua I Fuentes. So. I don't think we've talked about Joshua. Where do we? Where, <laughs> what, what, so okay, all right. No, that's fine. That's. I mean, yeah. It's strange. It, the only thing that's it, if that's what he wants to go by, that's what he wants to go by. Go for yeah. it, man. Yeah. Um, anytime I've ever heard of Joshua being spoken about, people have called him by his nickname, so to speak, but. If he goes by Joshua, he's, he's Joshua. So yeah, no problem with it. I just thought this is one of those. Oh, all right. Duly noted. What another thing that was interesting. I was talking with someone about Herman Marquez. We were talking about accents on players' names and uh, yeah. particularly, you know, Spanish players' names and, um, and how they're, they're often kind of neglected, right? Not forgotten, neglected because if, your name, Dom Nunez, the, the second letter of his name isn't just a regular old generic English N. Right. It, it's got the tilde on top, right. and that's how it should be written. Um, Herman Marquez has an accent on the A in Herman, Herman for the first time ever. Like that just came yeah. out of nowhere this offseason. Yeah, they added that. You know, and, and in a way, it, it it's it, stuff like that saddens me from the perspective of I, I wish it was easier for guys and, and players or people to just say, look, this is who I am. This is what, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a whole, um, not saga, but yeah, uh, I just maybe wish there was more consideration. Like if you look at Roberto Clemente, his first baseball card says Bob Clemente, because right. that was what the people in charge said. Well, you're not Roberto. You have to be Bob. He was never Bob. And yet the people making the decisions right. kind of said, said, you know, went with that and didn't have the consideration. And so I think, you know, we need a little bit more of that as society is just to not assume to give people certain nicknames and to shorten their names. So, totally. so good on Joshua for being Joshua. Good on Joshua. No, it's, it's like we talked about when uh, Dick Allen passed away and people insisting yeah. on calling him Richie and he was, <laughs> please don't do that, you know, and really made a thing of it. And, uh, yeah, call people what they want to be called. But 
Uh, I think it's cool that he, he feels it, it wasn't really until like year three or four that Nolan came out and said it is technically pronounced Arenado. If you say Arenado, I'm not going to correct you, but now that I'm yeah, have four gold gloves, I you know, it's like it's like it is why I remember a few of those Amari Stoudemire, remember him, uh, yeah. from the Suns and then the Knicks back in the day. Uh, went like seven years before he corrected people. There's an apostrophe in my name. It's Amar apostrophe A, Amare. And just hadn't been doing it for... Giancarlo Stanton Giancarlo was Mike Stanton for a while. Mike. So weird. People are still figuring out how to pronounce Nikola Jokic's name. It's <laughs> the same. Uh, I am not, however, learning how to pronounce Hassle Cattle Company. I've got that one down because they basically make up 50% of my diet at this point. And they should make up a certain percentage of your diet as well. Wagyu beef from Hassle Cattle Company, absolutely delicious. Could change your life. It's really, really scrumptious. They win awards for this stuff. And the other cool thing is that they don't have any of the antibiotics and hormones and some of the garbage that they put into the animals that finds its way into your body if you're buying from the grocery store. It's going to be cheaper. It's going to be better for you. And it's going to taste better, which for most of us, let's be honest, is the most important thing. Well, you're lucky there because this stuff, absolutely delicious. Got some ground beef waiting for me right now. Not exactly sure what we're doing with that tonight. Maybe some chili, maybe some stroganoff. Got some plenty of options with the ground beef. Ground chuck can do that as well. Bacon can do the breakfast anytime. I'm a big breakfast for dinner kind of guy as well. So we got like five pounds of bacon hanging out in the freezer right now. Got a couple of steaks. Got some Denver steaks, some flake steaks, award-winning hamburgers. Check them out at H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. They can even hook you up with some barbecue rubs, some steak spices, some everything that you need to go with it, man. Use promo code DMVR10 to get 10% off. And if you order over 200 bucks, you get free shipping again. That's at H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. Cattlecompany.com. Okay. This is totally going to derail a conversation, but I think it needs to be talked about. Okay. Somebody just tagged me in the lineup of the new MLB New Era local market hats. Oh, Will was talking about these at the beginning of the show. Oh, I haven't seen they're them. They're not great. They're <laughs> no. awful. They're Who not. made these? I haven't seen it. They're very 1999 Fred Durst. Coming That's out, one. What? limp biscuit. Oh, way too much no. happening. Wait, way like, too much. Way going too much on. happening. This gives me like you know the meme where it's like graphic design is my passion, and it's like <laughs> Comic Sans font. This is what that gives me. It's so bad. It's like a collage on a hat, and it's not a cute collage. Will said it looks like someone made them with a ninety five Windows ninety five clip art. It's so that horrendous. Right. These are horrible. I'm looking what at all of them. Happening? Like none of these are good. I can't they even are, tell what half of the what half of the icons on these hats are. There's they are the epitome of chuggy. They're very chuggy. Very I need a, too much going on. I don't even know if I would much. call this chuggy. I would just think Oh, they're chuggy. Okay, Ken. All right. Good. I'm now 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 I am the old man in the conversation. Yes. <laughs> What is a chuggy? Well, it's, it's a, a, it's a term that like yes. it's for millennials that are like just in love with things that are very out of date. Oh, okay. It's like okay. the opposite of trendy. It's, yeah, it's trying too hard. Okay. Like they're obsessed. These with hats are trying too hard. Like, are not cute. <laughs> like chevron mm. print and that one font that's like super loopy that everyone just does on all of their calligraphy stuff like just really not and anything right. supreme 
Yeah, I said yeah. it. Got you. Yeah, Very Justin. Cheeky. If if, if <laughs> we if we had a DNVR version of one of those hats, you'd have to throw the Strava coffee and the and the Breck Brew logos on there. The Breck Brew logo would definitely be on there. That would be Feature a good one. To have. I'm trying to think what else would be on there. Bruce Springsteen. You know what these hats look like? They, they, <laughs> the, the the hats almost look like um, the the cap embodiment of Croc sandals. Yes. When, and they the would sell the little gems and baubles that you would yes. add. And it's like, okay, what kind of weird, you know, what kind of things do you want on your Rockies cap? All right, a Breck Brew logo. And again, these there's nothing wrong with these things on their own. But then if you just slap them all on together, it's uh, really strange. It's so bad. There's just like all these little icons on the hat. And I'm just like, what is happening? This was so awful. This is so busy. For anyone that's been to the Jersey Shore, and there's probably places like this. All around the country but there would be these stands where you would go and maybe get a t-shirt or you'd get like a, um, a swishy you know running jacket or windbreaker and they would just get a hot iron press and they would put like a logo on it. they put a nike swoosh right like i'll take one of those logos i'll take one of those give me a 303 give me a 720 on the on the arm patch uh, all right give me the colorado state flag and you just were to press all of those different things on one jacket and be like, yeah, this is me. Yeah. That's what those hats this, are. And you know what? This is what I am. Anyone listening to this who bought that hat, awesome. The <laughs> best part of it is the Mets and the Yankees <laughs> hat are exactly the same. Is that a slice of pizza? Yeah, if we, we had to guess. There should be a slice rat, of pizza. Pizza rat. Come on. The, Mets and the, the Mets and the Yankees hat are exactly Subway the same. train? Oh, man. From what I can tell, it's the Statue of Liberty, an okay. apple, and then the area Switchblade. codes that are like in that area. So the area codes are different, but it's the same design. Taxi cab? It's the apple that does it for me. Oh, God. It's <laughs> so bad. Okay, sorry. I just had to talk about how horrible those hats are because... Whew. Correct. <laughs> that is pretty wild. Yeah, that that's pretty bad. Uh all right, let's get into the portion of our show that is brought to you by our phenomenal friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to make you a little bit of money right now, so get ready. Open up your virtual wallets in your mind pockets because we're about to get it going. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and start betting on baseball, but also the NFL. What? No, Drew, they stopped. They they did that. They they played the Super Bowl. NFT? ended. And NRL and NRI. No, that's a different thing. What is happening right now? Are you okay? He's only grabbing the stroke. <laughs> oh my God. What happened? He's broken. NHL, <laughs> that's where they play the hockey. And NBA, that's where they play the basketball. You can bet on all of those things on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And right now, you've got a chance to turn $5 into $200 just by picking a team to win a basketball game. That's all you got to do. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Just bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. It's promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or over, Colorado only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. we got to win some people some money so they can buy these hats. Just to have them, <laughs> Just to save up because this will very clearly be a single run print. There will not be you'll not if be you able walk to get into the DNBR bar with one of those hats. I'm going to make fun of you. I just want you to know that. <laughs> no, 
So if you're I into will, that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Which some guys are. Let's totally. face it. You, you just, you know, so you know had to get. You just, oh my God. Someone just made this into a meme and tagged me in it. Same energy. Literally. Oh, that is so good. That's so, so bad. <laughs> Very much so. All right. I'm done with the hats. Let's make people some. The most interesting thing that I found with these lines on DraftKings is you cannot bet on RBI or starting pitcher strikeouts. Oh, interesting. And I go, oh, because no one's going to score a run or it's hard to know how many. What's the over-under for the game? Six and a half? Yeah. Yeah. No way. That's a good starting point. So, all right, so Jacob deGrom. I just think no way, though. I feel like that's – because you think it's too high? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, there's no way that they they hit over six and a half runs. Right, yeah, under. I also have under. Yeah, Yeah. under. Because, I mean, so Jacob deGrom can only give up zero runs, not (laughs) negative. If it were that, if that were the case – well, now that, that's a that's a gimme under, but as it were, yeah. I mean, you go even if you know Freeland has a, an okay start; it's his first one back. Uh, but he said uh, today Freeland's going to be around ninety pitches, uh, give or take. Um, I, I think Luis Rojas uh, has been instructed that there's no pitch or any limit tonight uh, for Degrom. It's just he's going to go out and do the thing. Um, but yeah, you got to say all right, even if Freeland is okay, five innings pitched. Uh, 90, 95 pitches thrown. Even if he gives up four runs, the bullpen gives up two over the final four. Again, this Mets lineup is very depleted. You know, this is say, a the very, very capable bad lineup. More, but the yeah, and it's yeah. a it's a not a good park. lineup. It's the Rockies lineup. seem to be hitting like the right times for teams that are like injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that might be one of the safer bets uh, on the day. The is, under. Is just take the under on that. Yeah, I, I mean, like unless like. Line. All hell breaks loose and it freezes over, and Degrom gives up like eight runs, and Kyle's debut just goes so bad. But like, I just don't see that happening. So, but again, if, if that happens, no one can hold us personally right. responsible. Right. For that, right? <laughs> like, if, they, if hell literally freezes over tonight, then you know people are gonna have bigger problems. Then <laughs> my way of thinking and my rationale sometimes is in moments like this to bet against my team, to bet against what I want to happen because. Oh, emotional heads. It yeah. does happen. If it does happen, cha-ching. If it doesn't happen, go my team. So you can you can play both sides of the fence on that. DeGrom in his last five starts against the Rockies. Now, granted, this, you know, he, he faces them once a year essentially. So this goes back to 2016. He's three and one uh, and his 35 innings pitched. He has struck out 48 batters and has a 1.03 ERA. Uh-huh. He's only given up one home run. And that was the one earlier this year, believe Ryan it or Maltapia. not. Ryan Maltapia. So he's given up one home run in his last five starts against the Rockies. So, yeah. And, again, you go, oh, yeah, well, the Rockies aren't very good this year. We're talking about in 2017, eight innings, one earned run. That was a postseason club. 2018, eight innings, only give up one earned run. That was a postseason club. And in 2019, in June, when he faced them uh, at City Field, the Rockies were uh, – they were they were right in the wild card race. They they weren't they weren't not a postseason team at that point. Eventually, they became that six innings, two earned runs. So I mean, a lot of this has come during the time in which you know, the Rockies have been good. So uh, I, I I don't know how dominant he's going to be tonight. It's his first start back. He's going to want to be dominant. That's for sure. Yeah, he, he's going to want to be. It's it's interesting that they don't have an over under for strikeouts for him right? tonight because it's. Yeah. Uh, 
because you could see him being totally dominant and going out and striking out 15. But you could also see there being just a little bit of rust first game back for either of these guys. Yep. Slightly more hittable. Um, Ryan Maltapia hits a home run off of him again because, of course, why wouldn't that happen? Uh, <laughs> I feel like and Toppy's leading off, so I feel like they're just going to open the ball game him, and Toppy's yeah. just going to go yard, and that's just let's go, <laughs> let's go. Um, but also Matt makes a great point in the comments. Strike Jacob Degrom never gets run support when he pitches ever, right. so right. I don't know. I yeah. also don't understand why the total run line is set at six and a half because nobody can hit when Degrom is on the mound. <laughs> right. It's uh yeah, that's going to be shuts down both offenses. Well, if we're, if we're talking home runs and we look at some of the home run lines, uh, if you if you want again, you want to get excited and you want to you know, dream a little bit, the guy that I would pick um, on DraftKings right now would be Dom Nunez yeah. as a yes. Uh, it's plus seven hundred, and one of the reasons why I would do that uh, is is twofold. So he he has faced him tw- twice. Um, so back in April, uh, he did hit a triple against him. So he's one right. for two. Okay, cool. But everyone else in the Rockies lineup is atrocious. Um, Charlie Blackman uh, has a 401 OPS against DeGrom in 23 at-bats. Um, he's, he's three for 22 against them. And as bad as that is, and again, no shame in that because we're talking about Jacob DeGrom. But as bad as that's been, Trevor Story's been even worse in 17 at-bats, 364 OPS. He's yeah. two for 16 off him, one double. So I, I would bet against those guys homering. You're not going to win any money on it, both of those. If you uh, if you go in and, and bet with your money, uh, vote with your money, and you say no home runs on both those guys, it's minus 1,000. So you got to put up a lot, and you don't win a lot. So it might not be – certainly not worth it. Nunez is probably the better bet where you're going to feel good if, if that does come out. We need to talk to whoever sets the lines at DraftKings because they don't have Josh or not. Sorry, hello, Raimel Tapia on either line to hit a home run. I've actually so, noticed that afraid. you can't get him on total hits anymore. You haven't been able to get Tapia on total hits for a couple Draft of weeks. Kings, give us our crab. Team They're probably back. what is the happening. Only national people like that. That's one of the things we should talk about this a little more often with our friends at DraftKings. But like national media is one thing, and we talk about the course field bias and like people not giving guys credit or whatever. But you want to really see what getting credit looks like. Go on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and find well, out what they will or won't give you. And when we you want see the, El Congrejo lines. I don't think us. I don't. What was I forget what word you just used there, but I, I disagree with your with your take on that, Drew, because I think it's you know like Coors Field breaks you know national media. Ryan Maltapia has broken DraftKings because they don't know what to do, right? He doesn't he doesn't fit do into the yeah. mold, right? Like it's it's not in so much that they're discounting him because they see him in the lineup. Well, no, no, that's what I'm they saying. They don't know how they're, to contextualize. They're almost respecting him, right? Him, right? It's, it's DraftKings is, right. is is respecting him yeah, yeah, by yeah. saying like we can't because we. You, <laughs> You can't throw on there. You could do the over under for him to get a hit and a half. That's what would make it yeah. interesting for for Toppy each time. Because most times you go under, you can bet against for a guy to get a hit or or, or against him to get a a single hit. But Toppy getting a hit is right now in any individual game, and that's what's so weird about it. Because you can look other guys at batting average in any individual at bat. Mike Trout probably has a better chance of getting a hit. A lot of guys in any individual at bat, but in any individual game. Raimel Tapia might have the best chance of getting a hit as anyone in baseball right now. This is like, I don't know what to do. So that's kind of funny. Do we but see the Rockies winning tonight? 
All right. I, I did it off right, right, right away, huh? Let me just explain where I'm coming from with this, right? <laughs> I think the Rockies have an advantage going into tonight's game because they've already seen DeGrom so far this season. So they've already got, they've been in the box. They've gotten to see some of his pitches. They know kind of what to expect because they've already faced him earlier this year. The Mets, they haven't seen K-Free yet. And if, K, if Kyle Freeland has his stuff and he's on it, it's going to take them, you know, three times through the order before they can start figuring out what to expect from Kyle Freeland. Um, you know, obviously if he doesn't have his stuff and he's not pitching his a game, they'll be able to figure that out pretty quickly. But I think it all hinges on if Kyle Freeland has his a stuff tonight, because if he does, I think it's going to take them till the third or fourth time through the lineup to figure out what he's going to pitch. And the Rockies have the advantage with already have seen DeGrom so far this season. So I kind of feel like the Rockies have a bit of an advantage in this matchup. I know some people might think I'm insane because it's Jacob DeGrom on the Hill, but I don't know. I'm kind of feeling good about the Rockies and I'm excited for Kyle Freeland's debut. I think if he hadn't have done so well in AAA, I would be a little bit more nervous, but even his starts with the isotopes look so good. So I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little like the Rockies might, might win this one, which is a little crazy to say because DeGrom's on the hill, but. Freeland has Freeland has only faced the Mets twice. Pitched fantastic in in both those starts. They did come in uh, in in 2018. Once at home, once at City. Seven innings, two run runs. Six innings, two run runs. And because of that, and and partially because of the the Mets ro- uh, Mets roster in in complete shambles, there's only four guys that have even faced Freeland. So there will be that element of surprise. Uh, Francisco Lindor, three at bats against them. Jonathan VR. That's the guy. If we're talking about taking the over on hits, uh, definitely want to take the over on that. Uh, over on zero point five. Uh, it's it's the line is uh, minus one fifty five, and that's you know because he's gone six for seven. Excuse me, five for six against Freeland uh, with a homer, and uh, and also he did walk in at bat. So that's really the one guy. But like you said, Michaela, like that that little element of surprise. They're not as familiar with him, guys. Even if you're talking about the best pitcher in the world, guys would rather face someone like him than a lesser-known pitcher that they just have never seen before. So there is that comfort there. And again, Mets don't get get Degrom run support. We know that. So mm-hmm. it it isn't without without out of the realm of possibility that the Rockies win. I'm taking the Mets, but. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Look, I want to win people some money. So, so how I'm do going, you just logically give one and a half that entire situation and be like, "But I'm going to take the meds." Because I could see those things happen. I just Love don't think it, it actually will. So, so, Patrick, with the with the old school emotional hedge, as they call it on the <laughs> NVR bets, Michaela taking the rocks is a possibility, and I think that'll they'll win you a little extra money too. They're slight underdogs in this one. Uh, I think you can also take them to win by a run and a half. I don't know that I'd. Do all that because again, I think this is going to be a close one. I it also think where you're on the money line, so on the money line, yeah, yeah. Uh, so where you, you know, I, I think where you get in trouble with Michaela's prediction is if one of these two pitchers is going to have their night go sideways, it's probably going to be K free, yeah. Uh, you know, DeGrom's not going to get lit up, he just doesn't. That just doesn't happen to him. It's been years since he had a really terrible outing. If free went out there and just didn't have it went four innings, gave up four or five runs, and Buddy had to pull him out. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not expecting that, but I wouldn't be shocked, right? Like, he's still got to get himself fully back. He's got a lot to prove. There's a lot coming in. But we also know that him at his best 
He's been great. He was much better in 2020. He was outstanding in 2018. And I think we'll know by the second inning if we're going to get good K-free. And if we are, then, yeah, I think we're looking at a 0-0 or 1-0 game going into the seventh. And it'll be in the hands of these two very capable bullpens. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Yeah, the, the I, yeah, I, I think, and Michaela, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think it, Freeland is kind of, uh, he's he's the guy that's going to shift the game, whether it's going to be the Mets running away with it, you know, relatively speaking. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, even in the worst case scenario. Um, or it's it's the Rockies hanging in there enough um, and with, with the Mets' lack of run support for DeGrom. Um, and it's because Freeland's pitching really well. So yeah. I will say all of my catalyst is on if Kyle Freeland can pitch his A stuff. Right. It's, all, it's all contingent on that. Okay. I'm not being unrealistic here. I realize no. who they're facing on the mound. I'm not stupid. He has like a 0.6 ERA. <laughs> he okay. He's the best pitcher in baseball right now. Sorry. I don't care what anyone else says. He's the best pitcher in baseball right now. So I'm yeah. very aware of what's happening and who we're up against. But I do think the Rockies do have a chance to win if, 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 if Kyle Freeland has his best stuff on the mound tonight. And I like this lineup too. The Rockies have Tapia, Story, Blackman, Chrome batting cleanup, McMahon, Brendan Rogers back in the lineup at second base, Garrett Hampson in center, you, by the way. Dom Nunez, Kyle Freeland. So an, another another line too that, that I like is if you go, all right, McMahon, Homers, and the Rocks win, that's plus 1,600. Ooh, um, and if that happens, that. even even if that doesn't happen, CJ, you can actually bet on the run line or not the run line, but runs a player who scores a run. Oh. CJ Crone to score a run or more plus two twenty. So again, with McMahon hitting behind him, hitting behind you know, him, he takes Crone. that walk. He's been walking all season. Yeah, that's it. That's it. A walk and a that. double by McMahon. You got your run. You get your plus two twenty. It's gonna be a good game, everyone. I think so. And I'm also really curious about what Patrick was talking about earlier, that the Rockies, oddly enough, have handled Jacob deGrom as well as any team. The last couple of years, while we know those runs weren't earned, Dom Nunez hitting one off the top of the wall against him, Ryan Maltapia taking him deep, a couple other very confident bats. He read off the numbers, Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story either are about to eat it again or are very due for a hit against this guy. Uh, but specifically those young hitters like Tapia, McMahon, Nunez, see what Hampson can do a little bit. I'll be very curious if they go in confident because they, they kind of got to him last time and they don't feel like, oh man, there's nothing we can do. They feel like, oh, if we take our guesses and we make our swings, we know we can beat this guy. Cause while Rockies ended up losing that game, they, they almost beat him last they, time. They had him and they know it and he knows it. Which also worries the crap out of me. <laughs> it wasn't like they got blown out of the water the last time they faced they, Degrom. It was a really, the really good game. They, they that they should have won that game. I got blown by Daniel Bard. They should have won that game, putting three runs again. I know they were unearned, but they sure felt earned. Rockies <laughs> earned them. Degrom <laughs> didn't earn them. That's fine. Yeah. And you know what? And if they win tonight, they're guaranteed to not lose a road series, which I think would also be a first this this year. It would be their first time not losing. losing. They didn't win it, but they also didn't lose it, which is still a big You take this one, you got a great chance to win the series. I think they're splitting the set one way or another. But if you you win this one, it's like, hey, now you just have to win a baseball game against not Jacob DeGrom, which seems easier, doesn't it? It's a much 
easier task to undertake. <laughs> on a roll, baby. Four in a row. It's, it's basically like a 12-game winning streak for this team. That's <laughs> how it feels, right? So it should be a, a wildly entertaining game, and we're going to go watch it now. So uh, thank you all for hanging out with us for this episode of the show. Make sure you are joining us for these lives. I see all you hanging out in the YouTube with the comments, making this show a very special, fantastic one today. We appreciate each and every one of you in the comment section. As we said before, make sure you're subscribed to the dnvr.com for all the written content and all the discounts and all the stuff that comes with that. Following everyone on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, and of course, at dnvr underscore Rockies. Follow everyone on all the social medias, especially TikTok. TikTok has been a whole lot of fun, a lot of fun content on there. We got a fire TikTok dropping in like an hour, so you're going to want to go watch it. It's right. so good. See, now I'm now I'm all hyped for it. So <laughs> I talk get it. it on, enjoy it, follow along, cheer on your abs and your nuggets, and don't forget about your Colorado Rockies. We know you never would. It's going to be a fun road trip, it looks like. This is going to be a fantastic baseball game. Watch it all with us. Join us for the series wrap-up afterwards. Thank you all for being absolutely awesome out there. We'll continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Michaela Perkins, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.